The Bible tells us this this was actually something that was heavy on my heart even like way before elections and all that. I remember last year talking on it where there's the Bible verse where it says, if my people humble themselves, I will heal their land. And it's like you look at so many Christians today, everyone is pointing fingers, Democrats, this, that, liberals, ruining our society. And like for some reason, when you look to the scriptures, when you look to the Old Testament, anytime, God never pointed the finger at the enemy. He was never well, like, he, oh, he it never was even those said Philistines. Like, Jesus it was actually, those. So Jesus never did this. He never said, hey, you're a zealot, you're a Pharisee, you're a sad. Well, he did say to the Pharisees when they were being, because <clears throat> they were being aggressors at the time. But he would never point out like a zealot. He wouldn't point out like you're a Sadducee. He wouldn't point out any of that stuff. He would actually, it would just be ignored. You'd have to find out. Like we have to find out he, through different sources. Yeah, it's like he was never like, you know, the Israelites were in captivity. He was never like, oh, these, your enemies, uh, the Babylonians, the yeah. the Philistines, whatever. He was always like, if my people, if my people humble themselves, I will heal yeah. their land. And it always comes back down to the people of God. So it's like, yeah. while so many people, Christians are trying to, you know, push, you know, narratives. It's like, hey, like, yeah. your focus should probably be the gospel right and, now. And you actually also see um, with Joseph, right, Joseph. He became second in command in Egypt mm -hmm. who, and believed in a different God than the entire nation. And the right. nation believed in Daniel, all of them, all these other of these others. God, their focus gods. was the gospel and God placed them where yeah, they needed the to thing be. Was they, their focus was never up like I can pass this law. I can do this. I can change this in government. I can do this. Like I can do all of these crazy ideas. It was simply be obedient to God. And like it was never to like show to show the glory to the people, it was just to be the glory and to like kind of. What if Billy Graham did take the presidential? You know, I don't know. Maybe he. What didn't if he have did become maybe president? Maybe he didn't have a revelation. He, what if he fell off? Maybe he was just being prideful. He would have probably fell off. Maybe. Maybe. I think people just know, like, um, everyone's so concerned with the soul of America that they're not concerned with their own soul, you know. And then we miss that, and it's like, okay, imagine if if God actually captured our soul then we'd begin to capture others' souls, mm. you know? But we're so focused on capturing the soul of America, which is not a person at all. Mm -hmm. It's not even a person. So we're trying to preserve a nation, but we should try to preserve the souls of the people around us. Mm -hmm. um, and being political is not like the yeah. solution as far as like loving your neighbor. Yeah, I, I believe there's a part that we need to play in voting, but it yeah. seems like the focus has so much shifted into that part. and. You see so many Christians that are gripped by fear where you're like, hey, like, calm mm -hmm. down. Um, let's refocus again. It comes down to the people of God. Like, is the church going to rise up right now? And not in a political yeah. stance or is the, is the just, church going to arise and I'm take this opportunity? I'm just to see what the church would do um, if Biden was elected or, you yeah. know, or what happens when Trump's elected. Like, oh. I, I was just kind of like. Prayer services might start showing more than 20 people. Who knows? Who knows? Possibly. Um, yeah, or we might actually pray um, not when we think we're in trouble, but like just all the time. Hmm. It should just be, I feel like prayer always comes before the moment. Like I don't think, like Jesus knew that he's going to be taken away, but the disciples didn't know that the Romans were coming, you know? Jesus knew because he's connected to the Father, mm -hmm. right? So like we may not actually like from the world standpoint, like so we might not, not ever hear it in the news, but because we're connected to the Father, like we'll actually know what's going to happen and so we can pray and intercede before it actually happens and before other people know about it but the disciples they weren't connected to the father 
So they had no idea the Romans were coming. And so you have two different people, right? You have the people who are connected to the Father and they're praying and they're in peace and they're interceding before something happens. And then you have the group of Christians who are not connected to the Father. And then, then the time comes, you know, mm -hmm. where the Romans come or whoever comes and then they freak out and they chop chopping off ears. And Jesus is like, what the heck? And didn't he ask people to come How with him? How much longer must didn't I he be ask, with you? Did he ask people to come with him that night? To, the, to pray with to him? To the garden, yeah. Yeah, and he did. So he invited us to come to the garden with him. And then like... They fell asleep. And it's funny, that garden is symbolic. He was like, hey, actually come back into the garden with me and like join me, join with me. Kind of like with Adam and God, like in the original context, like come with me. You're invited to come stay in the garden. You can be here and like get connected to the father with me. But instead they all kind of stayed back. And so you see a picture of just like people today, you know, ourselves included will stay back, you know, and then whatever election comes and we could have foreseen things because we're connected to the father, but instead we're letting election come. And now we're praying through election because now we're in shock or we're chopping off ears or mm -hmm. we're Wait, it's like, shouting it, curses or now you have people rejecting the name of Christ. Now you have, now you have, you know, you know what I mean? So it's, it's like, like, it's just one of those yeah, things. Like people, most Christians are living reactive today rather than, um, proactive. living, um, yeah, a proactive life that's transforming. Yeah. It's, it's like a circumstance comes, Christians freak out, start trying to fix it and put out fires instead of, Hey, you should have been, you know, you should have been doing your part well before mm -hmm. this and not have to yeah. work. Like, and, and that's the thing. That's why I say there's a part where everyone needs to vote because it's like all these people are not going to vote with the right policies in. And then um, they start teaching sex at two kindergartners and everybody's crying out and weeping. How could yeah. this be? It's like, well, if you would have done your part earlier, maybe that just would not have happened. You know, yeah. it's like, why are you going to cry out now? You could have done your part before and avoided this whole situation to begin with. That's true. Just stewardship. Yeah. You know, like we can mm -hmm. steward it. But like not holding our faith in a policy or not holding our faith in a government, but like also you steward the government. So the reason why like we have, we see government as like something so preserve is per, uh, perverse is because it was never stewarded properly. And because like, I mean, that's kind of like what corporate church is. It's like, hey, let us give you our tithe money. Like church, can you, like we're gonna, like we're gonna sow into this ministry. We're gonna like come to church every Sunday might come to a Tuesday prayer, a Thursday prayer, a Wednesday prayer once a week. And like, could you like feed the poor for us? Could you like, could we see salvations in the church? Could we, could you like start a Bible college for us? So you can start raising up people who will go out mm -hmm. and like, can we like, can you guys send out missionaries? But the conversation never actually points back to the individual where it's like, Oh, like I get to see people saved. Um, I get to disciple people. I get to feed the poor, you know? So mm -hmm. I actually get to be the body outside of church. So we've kind of replaced the church with ourselves. So we're kind of like, just like in business, people are kind of like, well, I just want to replicate myself so I can go on vacation and then they can do everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That kind of philosophy. And it's just like, so now you just have like a bunch of people who are like, let's just let the church do it. Like they can disciple people for us. Like we have other things to attend to. <laughs> we need to sleep, <laughs> you know, we like just it. send Jesus and like, we need to sleep though. So like mm -hmm. Jesus, Jesus can go.
pray in the garden for us right now. Yeah, it takes our, it takes every single individual to play their one part. Not even every single individual. It only takes like a few. Sure, but Just I a mean, few strong people. But if we're talking on, you know, yeah, if we're talking about like on everybody. fullness and more, like I feel like, yeah, like it takes only one person. But yeah, the goal is to have everybody play their play their role. And then rely on, you know, the Holy Spirit to, you know, activate the rest. And it's like when you see somebody doing their part, that I feel like that's the biggest motivator for other people. It's like, well, yeah. if he's doing it, then so can I. Yeah. When you see, when you begin to see ordinary people stepping out and doing their, mm-hmm. you know, stepping into their calling, mm-hmm. that, that just motivates you all the more. Like, yeah. I feel like people aren't impressed by words anymore. Nobody cares. Like, yeah, no for cares. sermons and all that, like people are, it's like. You've, we've already well, heard so cute. much. Sermons are cute. They are, they're but cute. there's a part. But I feel like something that'll actually provoke people is when you begin to, you know, step outside of church and you see somebody's actually walking in it. Yeah, it's actually your integrity. That's really what lifestyle. Like, yeah, like, um, like you go. Okay, we'll just use like an example. Um, like you go to the DMV and they're just doing a really, really bad job. That never for, happens though. I can't really. No, yeah, DMV, they never do a bad job. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you go and you've been there for three hours and you have things to do, right? Like we all have a life, mm-hmm. you know. And they're and and they're paid by the government, so already like you're already like most people don't like the government in the first place. So like you probably already don't like the DMV by the time you before you even walk in. So the fact that they were late is just a cherry on top. Mm-hmm. Um, and you walk up to the counter and your motivation could simply be and just be justified. To like say, hey, like, why are you guys so slow? I need you to do this quick for me. I have to go. And we can make it all about ourselves. Or we could fully walk in and be like, hey, like, no problem that it's taking you slow. Like, um, you know, compliment them, honor them, encourage them to the point where they're open. And then if they're when they're open and ready, you can tell them the gospel, Mm. you know. So sometimes I feel like. We just come up and we want to preach the gospel to them, but they were never open to hear the gospel. So it's like, why did you even open your mouth? You know? So unless someone is open to hear it, there's, there's no point of even telling them it, you know? So like love, honor, compassion always comes first. And that's through our physical actions that we do without an agenda. It's just simply to love. And I think when you simply love, it'll actually open someone up to hear it. Mm. And so, that's like the first step. So like, why is no one listening to us when we say the gospel? It's because we have nothing good to say. And by nothing good to say, it means through our actions. Our actions have nothing good to say. How do we present it to them? Yeah. The Apostle Paul or, always talks about finding a way to, um, how can I win every single soul, right? He's yeah. always looking into like, how can I get a, the Gentile? And then how can I, in another way, get a Jew? What do I need to do to get, you know? every single aspect and he says i walk with purpose in every single step mm. that means anywhere he's gonna go he's gonna do his research yeah. he's gonna find out what they're about how to approach it i mean we talked on this with with alex maxima where he's like when he talked with uh, you know the corinthians they were super like yeah. into scientology and stuff so he approached them through that you know so if you go to the dmv <laughs> i mean it's easy to get angry and be upset but like we're called we're not called to be that way I just, I love, I love this. Um, I told this to you probably like the other day where it says, you have mercy on them, but you don't have mercy on the lie. Yeah, yeah on, it's on like, the lie. Hey, not man. even the sin. It's like, you're not, you're hey, not man, pointing, you're not pointing I love you. Sin. I love you. Yeah. You're amazing. But don't let that happen ever yeah. again. <laughs> so I, I think like when we look at, okay, so when we look at like a flaw, right? It's like 
there's a couple levels. So like there's the person, there's the sin, and then there's the lie. The lie is from the accuser. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so the accuser has been defeated, but the lie still exists. And that's why someone did the sin. So because they believe a lie, that's why they did the sin. So we're not called to point at the sin. We're called to point at the lie. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the lie will actually fix the problem. The it's like, um, you, okay. Your son is getting bullied at school by someone, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. You go confront the bully. You have two options. You can point out the sin and say, Hey, you're bullying. I'm going to tell on you. I'm going to report you to the principal um, authorities, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to press charges. We have that right, right? It's totally justified. Or we can look at the lie, which is like, oh, you're fatherless. Oh, you have no leaders in your life. Oh, you feel like you're unworthy. You feel insecure. You believe a lie that the devil placed on your life. And because of that, you're responding in a sin, right? Mm -hmm. So which one would be more effective to point out the sin or to point out the lie? It was obviously the source. Yeah. You yeah. rip out the root and then the, and then the fruit won't be produced. Right. So where we keep looking at the sin as the root, but it's just the fruit. Sin is a byproduct. It's a byproduct. Yeah. Like again, if we replace, if we throw some weed killer, some Holy spirit weed killer on some people, right. Mm -hmm. We'll kill the root and then the fruit will stop being produced. So as like disciple makers, because everyone's going to be a disciple maker, right? I mean, if you have children, those are your disciples. Let's be real. So like if we just spray Holy Spirit love over them and attack the root and not actually identify, don't like, I guess the main thing is like, don't make, don't identify the person as the sin. Mm -hmm. We do that a lot, especially in politics. That's like blatantly obvious. Like we condemn the other side. We put curses on the other side. We agree with lies on other people. Rather so it's the source of theirs on the other exactly. side. So, I mean, whatever. Republican, libertarian, authoritarian, Democrat, you know, free party, whatever, whatever, communism, socialism, like whatever it is, the people are not the problem and their sin is not the problem. It's actually the lies they believe, which is just they're fatherless. Mm -hmm. So if we approach it and like, hey, everyone's an orphan. Let me bring them into the family of God rather than point out their sins and say that, hey, you're wrong. Like, So maybe the reason why um, Democrats or Republicans too, right? Because there's both sides. Like, because there's racism, there's, there's, um, there is, you know, socialism, there's greed, there's anger, there's riots. There's so many different problems on all sides. We could be like, hey, like you guys are all messed up because you riot. But what if we were just like, I mean, they're not going to listen to us if we're accusing them already, right? The first natural instinct when you do something wrong and you know it is to defend yourself. That's just a reactionary thing to do. The, the disciples showed it. Mm -hmm. um, so like if we actually don't come from an aggressive standpoint and we're just kind of like, if we begin to speak over the lies rather than their sins and what they've done wrong and say like, Hey, like all your policies are whack. What you believe is totally whack. You're a terrible person. Um, like a strong point here. Like I don't agree with abortion, but like someone agrees with abortion. The last thing we should say is, Hey, you're whack. You want to kill babies? Cause in their eyes, they don't know that they don't actually believe that, mm -hmm. but they believe a lie that says they're not worthy to father or mother a baby. So that's why they did that. They don't think there's value in human life because ultimately someone taught them that there's no value in human life. So do we need to accuse them of the sin, which is killing a baby? Or do we need to actually 
encourage them and fill them up with the Holy Spirit that life is valuable and that their life is valuable. Because the reason they're killing a baby is because they don't value their own life as a mother. Mm-hmm. And they'd probably be even willing to take their life, mm-hmm. right? And so, but I don't, obviously no one, like we should pray for people who do abortion because like we can pray for people. Holy Spirit can come. And just like the Saul moment, we're on our road to Damascus. Holy Spirit can come radically wreck our lives without anybody present and we can have an encounter with God but it takes a person to pray that prayer and be like hey um, those people who are counting votes um, I just pray for like a Saul moment where they would radically get whacked by the presence of God and they'd become a Paul for Christ Hmm. and they're totally going the wrong direction or opposite road and they're totally on the other side on the other side of the spectrum right Mm -hmm. like Saul was partaking in the people who accused and persecuted Christians, right? Mm-hmm. So we could attribute that to any factor. We could, we'll just say like that's socialism, right? So a socialist on his way to Washington, D.C. to go preach some socialism rhetoric gets whacked by the presence of, the God, of God on the plane and now he becomes a Paul and now he doesn't care what side of party. He's just like, I'm going to go preach the gospel now and I'm going to go see people saved and transformed. And what he's going to do is he's actually going to go back to socialism and he's going to preach to the people that he knew because of his life story and he has experience with it. And he's like, I know how to preach to Mm -hmm. them because I got encountered just like Paul would preach to the, to the Jews. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like he knows them. He knew who they were. So like, and he has a voice and everyone's like, who the heck are you? Weren't you talking about socialism last week? Uh-huh. Like, weren't you just preaching about that? Now you're preaching about Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like what I'm, what I'm kind of seeing. Like, still vote, still pray, still hate sin, mm-hmm. but don't make, don't, don't connect the sin to the person and be like, this is what you do, so this is who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that point in that, like, what's our approach where, when you talk about abortion, where so... Obviously, we want to get rid of the. I law. hate abortion. I was looking at photos, and yeah. it's disgusting. Yeah, it's o- so bad. Obviously, like it's you. We want to get rid of it, but the question is, are we willing to provide a way out? Because it's like when they were like trying to, you know, w- yeah. when w- when they're talking about getting rid of guns, Second Amendment, they're like, yeah, we're gonna get rid of all the guns, you know, from everybody. We're gonna collect yeah. them, and everyone's like, you're not gonna get rid of our Second Amendment, right? And then there's people talking about, okay. The good people will maybe give their guns, but what's your solution for getting rid of, you know, like get taking the guns from the bad exactly. guys, right? Yeah. And, and, and okay, let's talk, and like in that light, yeah. let's look at abortion. It's like, yeah, we want to get rid of it. But the question is, um, are you willing to provide a way out for these, you know, mm-hmm. single, are you going to, am I going to be willing to go help out a single mother that's struggling with this yeah. kid? Am I going to be willing to adopt a kid instead? Like, am I willing to be a solution? For sure. And a because, source? Yeah, we can cast the vote and we can be like, I did my part. But that's mm-hmm. actually the most smallest thing that you can do is cast your vote. Because the policy or the law or the government won't actually kill the lie. So it'll kill the sin, but it won't kill the lie. The lie will still exist. So there's a spirit of abortion and of death and murder that exists on the earth right now. So there's a spirit of murder. And so we have laws that say, hey, you can't kill people. But is the spirit of murder still roaming around the United States? Yeah, it is. Mm, genocide, to say the yeah. least. Well, murder, genocide, you know, it's just the level of amount that's happening, right? We have genocide everywhere, not just babies. It's happening everywhere. And so, um, right, like we have spirits roaming around. Right. So the laws won't kill the spirit. 
And thing is, that was exactly laid out in the Bible, right? Mm. The Jewish people set up thousands of laws, like 3,000 something laws, right? To kill the spirit. You know, these evil spirits that are on, they said like, if we have these laws and we follow all of these laws, the spirit of death, the spirit of uh, infirmity, spirit of, you know, fornication with your neighbor's wife or husband, you know what I mean? Like all of these spirits, if we follow the law, they'll be killed. And they believe that. So they believe the lie that laws will set them free from the spirits of this earth. But actually, like, if we if we put a law that says you can't abort, abortion will still happen, right? If we put a law that says um, it's illegal to have guns, guns will still roam, you know? If we put a law that says um, you can't speed, right? Mm-hmm. We all know everyone still <laughs> speeds. Like, that doesn't stop anybody. Because there's a spirit that still covers and has influence on people. And so I guess it's good to come to the point where we don't put our hope, like Billy Graham, we were just watching something. Billy Graham said, I don't put my hope in any system, government, organization, person. Mm -hmm. I have one hope, it's in Jesus Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's the only one who can actually set someone free from the lie they believe, right? Mm -hmm. Which is that spirit that says you should kill your baby. Because we hear it, There's there's a spirit like, it's in the back of our head, just like the Holy Spirit. And it's saying, yeah, maybe you should like kill the baby. Like mm-hmm. maybe you should speed, like just pay the ticket. If you get pulled over or like, there might not even be any cops on the road. You should just speed. Like, like no one's going to catch you. Just like, it's fine if you do it and no one catches you. Um, like even with like, I don't know, um, Joseph's brothers threw him in a hole. <laughs> I don't think that's because they're bad people. I think that's because there was a spirit of influence on them that was like, hey, like, yeah, like you should be loved. Like your father should love you. He should give you attention. Like maybe you should just like get rid of your brother. Don't kill him. Just throw him in a hole and sell him off. Like you're not, it's not a sin if you throw your brother in a hole and sell him off Mm -hmm. because he's still alive. So you're not actually murdering anybody, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, hey, maybe um, like don't, don't, have a baby and let him get adopted because that would be messed up because you're his, you're the mother. But maybe like before it's a person, just, just abort it because it's not a person yet. So like you should just do that because then you're not giving away a child and then they're going to have a messed up life and they're going to, they're not going to be, have the same opportunities that you would have. And so you begin to believe all these lies that like, Oh, you're right. Like, I don't want this baby to have a messed up life. I just, I'll just end it short. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to imagine because I actually recently saw this news headline. Yeah. I don't know how old or recent it is, but it was like a girl secretly gave birth to a baby in her bathroom and then like killed it and got rid of it somehow. And I'm like, imagine you, you get, we terminate abortion. How many of these stories and headlines? Are, it's just like, I feel like it would be like. Yeah. Absolutely horrific. What would start happening? Yeah. And the court, and, and that's why I'm saying it's like we should there needs to be some sort of like imagine if we just begin to elevate a solution for it before anything sure. like yeah it, that way it was like e- even if abortion clinics were to exist but people would begin to say hey like but you have these people over here christians yeah. that are willing to you know yeah to help that are willing I, to you know be 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 the answer and that even if abortion <laughs> clinics do exist they're just going to be completely emptied out why yeah. because we have created a, bit, well, a like, better solution the gospel right here like imagine this right the solution is let's have the church the body not the buildings or the organizations but let's the let's let's have the body 
become so accepting of teen and single mothers who are still in high school or in college. Like, let's be so accepting of people who had, who had sex and have a, are having a baby and have no husband. And let's not condemn the fact that they had sex, you know, and like say, hey, like you're a messed up person. Well, again, have mercy on the person, not the sin. Yeah. You, you well, you don't like balance. you just don't even point out the sin. You literally point to the lie, which is, hey, like you have value on your life, you know, because, you know, obviously this the sin is is a byproduct. And like if we focus on the sin so much, like we'll never look at the lie. And it's like everything comes down to a simple solution. Like I lied to my parents. It's because I don't, um, you know, I'm insecure in my relationship with my parents. And so ultimately I lied to them, you know. Um, we have to look at like every action, there's a result from it and there's a source. So if we start just paying attention more to sources, so like America and division, what's the source? There's a spirit of division, you know, mm -hmm. obviously, you know, if, if we were unified, we wouldn't have these problems. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's a spirit of division, just like in the church, there's a spirit of division that, that comes in and that's why you have politics in church which are like the worst thing. It's like the same thing we watch right now. So like this election's over and then we realize that there's other like secret elections going on in churches <laughs> these days. <laughs> like who's going to put what policy in place and who's going to do this? And like, we think that like, oh, if the church puts this policy in place. So if like we have, if this person becomes a pastor, they're going to put this policy in place and then the church will be fixed. And then revival, revival, <laughs> it's going to come. But it's not, but it's not though. The laws, the policy is going to change. Nothing's going to happen. Like there'll be a change in the way service looks, right? Mm. Like maybe now you can have a drum set on your stage, but revival ain't going to come with a drum set on the stage. It'll edge closer though, maybe. <laughs> We're that much closer, guys. We're just a couple inches away hey, from, from you revival. Hit the, you hit the snare enough times, chains are just going to break right off. And all the drummers get pissed <laughs> when they say that. <laughs> They're like, how dare you? Revival is in my... Is in my drumstick. I mean, revival could be in the drumsticks. Yeah, it depends if you hit that combo, like multiplier. Like yeah, that was five times two. Bam. It's all about those progressions. Holy Spirit falls <laughs> on during the bridge usually. Usually, yeah. He usually. So, guys, like this is kind of how it works in worship. Like you have the build up, and like Holy Spirit's kind of in the room, and then yeah. like as you get to the peak, he, he's trying to tiptoe in. He's kind of like and one foot in, one like foot that out. Crescendo, and then bam, Holy Spirit comes. Then he's boom, like, bam, everybody. it's me. Like. <laughs> Shoot, just flies in. <laughs> but I guess like, yeah, we kind of like, see where we're coming? Like, I I don't even want to go back to the politics part. I think we're on like a whole nother note now, <laughs> you know? But we were talking earlier, it's like, um, you know, like if the church starts uh, an internship or a Bible college or a Bible program, like, man, revival will come because now we're going to be sending out to mission missions, you know, but we have, there's too many people who don't, who won't go on them. They, they'll send somebody, but they're not willing, you know? Mm. And so we have like this, um, I think it's, I think it's primarily in America, but, uh, like this whole thing of, you know, uh, delegation mm. <laughs> that if I can delegate it to someone, it's as if I'm doing it myself too and now emperors. I'm fulfilled. You know what I mean? Because that's like the entrepreneurial mindship of the United States is that if someone else can do it for us, it's like we're doing it. That's why you see such a thing like um, 
well, we'll sell our clothes in America, but we'll make China make them. Wuhan. <laughs> Give it to Wuhan. Let no. them let them. Does make a Wuhan it. make bat soup? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So like, let's let them do it. And then like, we'll sell it. You know? Working together as the body. Because everyone knows it's, it's, it's harder to manufacture things <laughs> than it is to just tell someone to manufacture it for you. It's the same thing with like, uh, for the contractors, subcontracting, the scourge of the earth. You take a bid. And then you just hire a subcontractor. And then what do they do? That subcontractor hires another subcontractor. You'd be surprised. You it have, goes down like four layers. Yeah, it goes like four layers to the <laughs> point where the last person's making nothing. Yeah, and they're like, like the, working for pennies. It's like, yeah, that last person is like some Mexican. He's getting so, 50 cents a square foot. <laughs> <laughs> when it should be like three. Yeah. Three bucks or two bucks a square foot. Well, the second guy gets three bucks a square foot. But the original guy is charging, you know, ten. And the other one is eight and it just trickles down. Yeah. And then you see that the quality is just awful. And so you kind of see this in the church. And it's funny because all of them are complaining that they're the guy charging 10 a square foot is like, dude, I'm not making anything. And then the guy making 50 cents a square foot is like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I can <laughs> so my yeah, family. you just see the cycle. So like we can relate this back to everything. This goes to government. This goes to church. Um, I'm not going to say pastors. I'm just going to say leadership, right? Leaders. Mm -hmm. Leaders just means like people look up to you. In one warm form or another, like people look to you as a father or as a mother. And so what we'll do is like, rather than take the mandate of God, the call of all Christians, we'll kind of, um, we'll kind of implant the idea of the calling onto those who follow us. And, you know, since they don't see the leaders doing it, what is the natural incl inclination of the followers? They will assign it to those who they father. And then so on and so forth. Like you have this chain link, this chain, and the chains get weaker each time. And so you have the strongest people in the body who are at least supposed to be the strongest people. I put air quotes around that. They're supposed to be the strongest. But like, again, you just get this thing where it's just like you pass it on, pass it on, pass it on. And it gets more diluted, more diluted, more diluted. And you see it in the family system too, right? The dad is supposed to take care of something, right? Passes it on to his son. And then the son passes it on to his little brother who's like five. Because <laughs> the younger brother who's five doesn't know any better. But he doesn't know anything. And then he goes out and does it. And then he does an awful job. And then the younger brother gets, the older brother gets in trouble because he was supposed to do it. And then the father gets in trouble because he was supposed to do it. So you're like, what the heck? It's like, it's just like this whole system where it's like, you know, it's up to first the person who is like the father figure or the mother figure to actually fix the problem and not to just delegate it off to someone because we want to go, you know, on vacation, like spiritually, spiritual vacation, mm -hmm. like mentally, we can just turn our brain off and be like, okay, like now I can watch, um, you know, my BBC or CNN or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Like I can watch what I can go watch my show. I can go hang out with my friends because my kids are going to take care of this and they're going to clean the house. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's all great. Like kids and family, everyone should take part in the roles of, you know, helping the family function, you know, just like in the body, like everybody should take part in how it functions. Mm -hmm. But like you kind of see this too <laughs> um, in relationships, family, business, marriage, um, just like everyone can kind of relate to this. Um, someone's not listening to you. 
So are they listen, not listening to you because they just want to be disrespectful and they're an evil person and they're just like super prideful? Could be the case, but it's probably not. The reason they're probably not listening to you is because they watch you, your actions don't align with what you say, and so because your actions are not found worthy, right, they're essentially saying your words aren't worth listening to. Mm-hmm. So you're like, why isn't my kid listening to me right now? But you're on the couch and you know, you're drinking mm-hmm. every week and you're supposed to be a leader, right? And you're supposed to be fathering people. Um, but like at home, you're not a father. And so they see that and it's like, well, are you real? Like, should I even listen to the words you say? And so you see these roots. So like you're a pastor at a church and you're like, hey guys, we need to see people saved. But if the pastor showed evidence that they've seen someone saved, how much more would the body be inspired if the yeah. senior pastor, yeah, and, I, and I'm not going to point fingers at anything. I'm just saying like, this is all like just yeah. an abstract view overview. Yeah, it's like, like a concept where I understand that like people that try so hard to, to have a voice or be an influence, yeah. no one's going to like listen to you just because you have the right speech. Nobody cares about that. Yeah. But if you're living out this lifestyle, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, you're going to be an influence. To, like whether or not you like it, people are going to, you know, look at you and they're going to ask questions. They're going to start, you know, they're influenced by a lifestyle that they see. Yeah. Like you see that in the life of Jesus, Jesus never looked for the crowd. He was actually always trying to run away from the crowd. Like when the crowd came, he didn't reject them. He did his part. But when he finished, he would run away and be alone with the father or with his 12 disciples or even sneak away with just three of them that was his focus just these three he's doing miracles like don't tell anybody but whether he liked it or not the people came flocking to that you know and that's the same concept in our lives people want the crowds people want to you know yeah oh like i i have this i want to be a preacher i want to be on stage i want to have this voice but just because you know you scraped your way up to the top but you don't have the lifestyle yeah. No one's going to care. No one's going to do that. So like, I think this is what you're, we're going to see like in the next five years. This is like exactly what we're going to see. So um, we're going to have people with titles. And so followers, right? They're going to recognize the fruit. People are going to start looking at the fruit of people. Because we can have a thousand really cute, amazing, you know, goosebump, tickle my ear, feel good fire in the belly, sermons, but the one testimony will always be more powerful than any sermon you'll ever give in your entire life. There is no sermon greater than a testimony, you know? And so people are going to start paying attention to that and they're going to be like, okay, you're giving really good words. That's great. Like, I appreciate that on like a sermon level, but they're going to start to be attracted to the people with the testimonies and then, you know, exactly. And then a year later, you know, pastors, leaders, people who are supposedly had a title, you're going to see like, why is our body um, being uh, deceived by these people with no titles? Why is everyone flocking to people with no titles or um, people who don't preach on a stage or they're not a pastor at a church? Why are they running to them? It's deception. <laughs> yeah, it is deception. Like you've been deceiving them because you've been saying that what they should do, but the the life doesn't reflect it. And they're going to run to the people whose lives do reflect it because people want to see um, a movement of God in their life. And it's easily changed. Like this is all easily changed. Like it shouldn't be this way, you know? Your experience, it, it'll it determine the weight of your words. Mm-hmm. There's like this, this story where like say, um, 
it was like at a church some kid like goes up you know they say a little poem at church like psalm 23 kid it went up said psalm 23 oh. and everybody just kind of like oh, oh like it's so, so cute. cute yeah it's super <laughs> cute you know it's a kid or whatever somebody from youth comes up says it's kind of like okay like that's cool type of deal like whatever but and then this older man like 80 year old guy like comes up and he starts like saying psalm 23 and like everybody's just weeping and it's like what was the difference like why why is it that like you know for a kid it's like oh it's cute for you know some young person is kind of like, like cool, okay legit, you're cool yeah legit. but then this old person comes up and he's like you know <laughs> the lord is my rock like what do you think that starts is? saying and everybody's weeping why because he had this lifestyle like there's so much weight to it what they went through the war yeah. and all that and yeah. it's like that experience it begins to draw people yeah and it's that part and yeah it's yeah. like who cares about a fancy title who cares about yeah. this and it, what and is my experience saying today what am i yeah am i providing a solution for people am yeah. i being an answer of love and i guess like to the I, darkness so, around so i guess for like leaders and pastors what i would say is don't don't be too humble and think it's pride to share your testimonies testimonies are meant to be shared and i think like i think for the most part, giving the the largest benefit of the doubt, like 100% benefit of the doubt to every pastor who's ever around or any leader, that every single one of them has testimonies. But they're like, maybe they believe a lie and they're like, I don't want to share it because I don't want to come across prideful. You know, so I'll just share, I'll only share the testimonies that happened to me 10 years ago. But what will happen subconsciously, people only hear those testimonies. They're like, oh, you're not doing anything active, active in your life. And obviously the people closest to you will know that. But like, it's not prideful to share the move of God that's happening today, right now. And like, obviously people might be like, well, um, like, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't always share like what's happening right now, or maybe we should wait. It's not the right time, but like, or they're like feeling like, I don't want to share this because I don't want to take the glory away from God. And like the fact that you think you can take the glory away. It's not true. Actually, it'll only add glory if you share the testimonies. So like when I hear those, like when I like, like what you're talking about, like I see, I hear those 80 year olds and they still have testimonies from today and they still give it no matter what it is. You're like, you're so pumped by it. Cause you're like, they're, they're, they're 70 years in this with mm -hmm. no scandal. <laughs> Just, <laughs> that's a joke guys. No but, scandal. <laughs> and they're like, and they're still on fire for God. Like that is what drives you. And I think that like, again, benefit of the doubt to everyone. I think that like every pastor has testimonies on a daily basis mm -hmm. and every single one of them is fathering and living out what it is, but it needs to be spoken because not everybody will see your life. And the funny thing is more people are watching your life than you think. Like Sam, more people are watching your life than you think. Uh, I know that's same, for sure. <laughs> same, same with me. And just acknowledging that and being like, I, I don't, it's not pride, pride to share your testimony because it's God's to begin with. You're just sharing. You're his messenger. We've got people listening to this podcast waiting for us to just mess up. Hey, I don't care. Crucify me later. Ooh, I should have kept that name. Actually, I was so like, you can't actually crucify me. I was crucified 2000 years ago. It says in Romans. Look at that. Co-crucified, co-buried, co-resurrected. So I'm, I'm like, I'm good already. Every mistake covered by, by the blood. Uh, I'm about to just drop some heresy right now. <laughs> Bro, imagine we're going to be listening back to to these episodes like in 10, 20 years. Who the heck? What the heck was I thinking? What do you think you're going to be thinking? 
Oh, I don't even want to know what I'm going to be thinking. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably be like, I think. Hey, we, hey, we did it. I think it's fine. I think because like understanding like um, there is no. OK, so like there is obviously now we're getting into truth, but there is obviously like a clear defined truths in the world, you know, like that God is the father, you know that Jesus died for our sins, that everything's been forgiven, that he was crucified for us. Like there are clear truths. And then I think that like there are multi-layered truths. Like you have the simplest thing, right? Like like from the very bottom of like from stewardship and to like higher things, right? So like you always see like everything starts in the very physical, practical realm of stewardship, right? Faithful in the little. Mm -hmm. And then from there, everything is built on. And like kind of like every year, like the things you believed a year ago, they're not false. It's just that there was like a higher truth above it and like, or like God added something to it. So he's like, he's like, yeah, you're right. You should give 10%. But like he adds a little extra caveat to it. And he's like, you're kind of ready to like understand more of this truth about giving and generosity and kind of like, okay, like you gave your 10%, you were faithful with it. Like that's good. But like you're actually not called to live by the 10% anymore. Actually, now your whole life is a tithe, mm -hmm. right? Your whole life is an offering, a living sacrifice, right, to God. So now everything is exposed and open to generosity, you know? And then even above that, there's another layer of that. That actually none of it was yours and it was all God's, mm -hmm. you know? But before you can get to that step, you know, you had to go to the first one. And so like you have all these layers where like, my level of generosity may be in a different place than in someone else's. And I'm not talking about the amount, I'm talking about the, the revelation that we have. And then like your revelation might be different in relationship and friendship, right? Mm -hmm. Just like Jonathan and David's relationship, their revelation is very different than mine. Very different. Because Jonathan would have died for David mm -hmm. and, and so on. Is it like there's a difference every in single person in the Bible that experienced God in some way that's when you got you know a yeah. different name of God like when Moses experienced God in this way he's like oh like Jehovah Jireh my provider yeah and that's how we you know yes yeah, so one after another but we, yeah like it, it, it yeah. is this concept of truths and then there's a greater truth there's superior yeah. truth so just because like okay so someone like because this is going to happen in, in your life whoever's listening someone's going to come to you and they're going to say a truth and you're going to disagree with it but you have to understand that like your truth is still right to you because we live off the principles Subjective of our convictions, truth. right? <laughs> there are obviously foundational truths that we can't change. Subjective truth. Right. There's, Listen there's to Alex and Maximov podcast. Yeah. He'll explain it better than He'll us. He'll explain it better than us. But um, like we have to have a perspective like and on honor, right? Because you can only receive out of what you honor. So if we just dishonor and say like, hey, like this is what I believe. There's no way you could be right. For whatever reason in our lives. And this is something I've been working through in the last year. We believe something to be true, right? And for whatever reason, we believe that to be the highest truth. Like there's no higher truth than what I'm believing right now. Like how could there be a higher truth than what I believe? Like this is how it should be done. When mm -hmm. in actuality, like we'll never truly understand all the truths of this world and like of, of, like the secret principles that God's established and everything there is to know, like we just won't attain that, mm -hmm. you know? I believe that Jesus was walking in the highest revelation, right? Mm -hmm. And he was, he was walking very abundantly in that. And there's a lot of things like tiny nuances that we'll never see in the Bible because it was never exposed. Like it only showed a short piece of his life. 
but we just kind of have to be open to the fact that every there like everyone's going to be in a different place and if we dishonor people in the fact that like my truth is the highest we'll miss the higher truths mm-hmm. yeah the greater revelations yeah we need a we need a that's why even like when we were talking about politics and stuff it's like we always need to keep our eyes on the superior truth yeah. is what we need to do and the truth is the gospel and it's walking in love right love 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 god mm-hmm. and love your neighbor as mm-hmm. you love yourself and it's like yeah. this like you understand that sin exists in this world there's sin within the church but that's the point they come mm-hmm. in and we um and we lead them to a superior truth. Yeah. yeah the sin is right here it exists but we want to elevate the solution jesus christ you know your savior yeah. we want to elevate this to where you forget about the sin mm-hmm. because now you have the solution yeah and, and and this is that concept in in politics like abortion is so real it's so disgusting but we're not just gonna keep looking at that yeah. vote, do this it's like no let's well let's make a solution that people yeah. are gonna see the bigger solution from us and then even, we're gonna empty out the abortion clinics not because we passed a law but because yeah we became the solution yeah. not and because funding because they're gonna find private funding yeah you know what i mean like you know, Planned Parenthood will get funding no matter what. Like whether we cut off funding or whatever, like they're going to get the funding because there's a spirit of the enemy that will come, yeah. right? Like it's always there. It's ready to move. Like it's going to do whatever it can to keep a lie existing. Yeah. Like let's keep our eyes on the bigger yeah. truth. Like let's like the Bible says, if my people humble themselves and cry out to me, I will heal their land. Yeah. So in this time, why don't we, you know, let's get on our knees. Let's intercede. Let's do like, why yeah. don't we do that? Yeah, next time That's someone, yeah, like someone, so like someone walks up to yeah. you and they say, "What political party?" And you're like, "It doesn't matter." Mm-hmm. Like I'm all, I'm, I'm all about Jesus. Like yeah. I don't care what party you are, and I don't care what party I am. I just believe in the one true living mm-hmm. God. And like, don't tell who people who you voted for, because mm-hmm. it'll trip them and they'll actually stumble and they'll actually be like, it'll make it impossible for you to actually minister mm-hmm. to them. And well, the other thing was this: so like the phases <clears throat> of action and practicality that I want to just go on. Um, so like practically the first step is, you know, vote, you vote. Like, so we're going to use a, we're going to, we're going to go back to abortion as but an example. I, I love how the pastor, pastor say it's like vote for policies and not for the people. Cause yeah. it's like you said, you know, like the people aren't the problem. It's, you know, it's what's yeah. behind it's the source. And that's why they say, yeah, like maybe I don't like either one of them, but I'm going to yeah. vote for the correct policies. I'm yeah. going to vote for the right thing, the source. Right. Yeah. So like, okay. So in practicality. So one thing we do is like when we learn a higher truth, for whatever reason, we think like we don't have to do the lower truth anymore, like that the latter truth no longer exists. The latter truth still exists, right? So like what you'll kind of see is like later on in life, you'll see evangelists or like maybe you'll see um, a leader and they're operating in a very high truth, like they're casting out demons, they're, they're doing all these things, but you see like in the small details, they kind of lack now because they stop performing the latter truths. So it starts with the first step, right? You vote. You vote against abortion. That's the first step. The second step was like begin to pray against the lie of abortion, right? Mm-hmm. That would be the second thing because there's a higher spiritual truth. The voting is really good. It's like practical. It's like, it's like saving your money and putting it in a bank account and saying like, God gave me this money. I'm going to steward it now, mm-hmm. right? So we steward what was given to us, which is we are gifted with democracy, right? The next step is you pray for democracy. You pray for You pray against the lies. You intercede. The next thing is you become a father and a mother. And so you start to actually father um, the broken and the lost who believe that lie. And then after that, you start casting out the demons that live in them. 
and you start doing that. And so you see it, it's like progressive, but you don't actually stop doing all that other stuff that was before. You still keep voting. You mm-hmm. still keep praying. You still keep interceding. You still keep fathering. You still keep casting out demons. And like, just like Christ says, you remain faithful in the little, you know, much will be given. Much will be given. And like, then next thing you know, and now, now you're cultivating revival. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing a whole nation transformed. And through all these small little things, you're kind of, you've built yourself up to show his glory. And so it all starts very minor. And like, I guess even before voting, you can bring it to this one simple fact, right? Store, like, and store um, and plant the seed of identity in your children, in your family, in your friends. Store that seed of identity, that root cause of what causes like sin to happen and for us to be insecure and to believe lies is because we need that seed of identity planted in us so those roots can go really deep, like, like that you're valuable, um, that God loves you, that no matter what sin is committed, he loves you. Like that no matter what um, lie you believe, he loves you much, much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually nothing that can separate you and that you're actually buried. Like on storing all these true identity things, these pieces of identity back into place, you know? So that's kind of like, those would kind of be like the steps. And I think there are higher levels of truths that I don't understand because as we grow and mature, like the spiritual realm only becomes more and more, um, it's fully accessible right now, but we become more aware of the spiritual realm. Like Sam may be seeing things that I don't see. Like sometimes I hear people say like, I see angels and I'm like, I don't, I don't, me personally, I don't see angels. So they must be just more perceptive of what's going on around them. You know what I mean? Or maybe they, they see more dreams and visions than I am. Is that because I'm built? Like the last thing I'm going to believe is a lie that says like, maybe I'm just not built that way where I can see dreams and visions. No, the Bible tells me so. So I believe it. So, but through maturity and through like the stewardship of our life, we will begin to actually open our eyes and we'll actually begin to see like these spiritual things. So like, we'll see abortion or we'll see um, sex ed and like we can see it for what it is as just like deception or we see something even bigger behind it. We see the lie and then we see the demons behind the lie and then we see like the principalities and then we just begin to declare war on the principalities on this nation. We're going to declare principalities on like government officials and we don't see you know, like that governor as like a demon, we see the demon on the governor. Our fight isn't against flesh and blood. It's against yeah. principalities. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I believe that true spirituality, it's not like, you know, becoming, you know, hyper spiritual. I, I think true spirituality is understanding the gospel and love and how it and how I'm practically applying it in my life today, day by day. Yeah. And I, uh, the, the most spiritual you can be is simply walking in love every single day. Yeah. That's the most spiritual you can be. I love how a pastor said is like, if you're too spiritual to make time for an ordinary person, yeah. something's wrong with your spirituality. Yeah. It comes down to do your part, love on mm-hmm. everyone, and you know, and keep that keep yeah. that in focus. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think so like to describe like what a believer looks like outside of like a church setting, it was kind of like um like we're we're like so like 
the word drunk just means like overflowed, overflowing with something or like overtaken. So like we're called to be drunk in the spirit. So like we're overtaken by his spirit, right? But we don't make ourselves look like a fool. We present ourselves in a sober way. So like we're so overtaken by the spiritual realm and, we, and we're so aware of it, but we make sure that we come across as sober and respectable and honorable and we don't come across as like a hyper spiritual person where people are weirded out by that. And we don't, and like, we don't, we don't make the things of heaven look like a joke, but we make them look respectable and honorable, but we're overtaken by the spirit and we're filled by it. And we feel his presence 24 seven and we feel his word 24 seven. And we, we feel his, his glory and his honor everywhere we walk. And I'd like to just say like, you walk into a room, what's the presence that you carry? Does the room fill with honor and glory and peace when you're in the room? Can you actually feel it? Can you, can you see it? Do people see it? And I think that, um, I think everybody, everyone and anyone who listens, anyone who's not listening, that we can carry this presence everywhere you go because Jesus walks beside us in every room. Mm -hmm. He's never absent. <clears throat> So he doesn't, he's never absentee. So you're having a meeting, you're at a doctor's checkup. Just know he's sitting right beside you. You're at your office, you're doing your work, you're filling out some documents. Just know he's right beside you. Um, and we can ignore him or we can acknowledge him. And so if we ever feel lonely at work, just know you have a friend next to you. If you ever feel like you're fatherless, know you have a father next to you. If you ever feel like, um, you're being neglected. You have a father who's never neglecting you, right? He's just, he's always, um, paying attention to every word you say. He hangs on the words you say. Um, you can never get too raw with the presence. Like you can't like, don't sugarcoat it with, with God. Like he already knows your thoughts. So why sugarcoat it? Just be real with him. He hears your heart. He hears your heart. Probably before you even knew your heart, he knew your heart. <laughs> so like, but we sugarcoat it. We'll come into relationship. We'll close the closet door and we'll be like, Father God, where art thou? Thy art so holy. When like, Thank you, Father God. Mm -hmm. So much, Father God. Father God. Good, Father God. And yeah. in your heart, you're pissed off at him. Yeah, in your heart, you're pissed off. Like voice, voice, like, okay, we have no right to be angry at God, but voice your true feelings, not because you want to be right, but because you need to express them to become free of them. Mm. Right? Yeah, like if you're mad at your dad here on earth. Yeah. It's like you come in and he sees, he can, they can tell if you're mad. And if you're like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm fine. He, nobody wants to hear this. Like, tell yeah. me what's up and let's settle this. That's yeah. it. And it's not to be right. Right. It's actually to express yourself. It's to settle it. It's relationship. So relational, right? Like we can be like, yeah, I'm good. Or we can be like, our, our, so our, our intention could be not to be to win an argument or to be right. And that's humility. Or it could just be like, hey, I'm just going to like, hey, son, like, come here. Like, I'm not angry at you. I don't want to I don't want to project anything on you. I don't want to punish you. But I want to just let you know how I feel when you do this. Like, it makes me sad when I see you do this. And it hurts me because you're my son and I want to protect you and I want to guard you. And so it hurts me when I see this and I just want you to know how I feel, but I'm not going to punish you and I'm not going to hurt you. And God does the same thing where he's like, let me just let you like, this is what, this is what the Bible is. It's an expose of God's heart toward us. 
he's like, it hurts me when, and we can't physically hurt him, but on an emotional level, because God is emotional towards us, because otherwise he wouldn't have died for us. It wasn't like some statistical decision, like, well, I need this amount of souls plus this squared, whatever. I'm just throwing it. EMC squared, <laughs> which is obviously not scientific or mathematical at all. But like, I need all of these things to align for me to win right now. No, he did it out of relation, uh, like out on, on a relational level, not on a mathematical or science. Like you are not a number or a statistic. Um, I'm one of the few chosen actually. But yeah, that's another, nice try, that's though. a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother thing. I'm one of the 140,000. I mean, if there is 140,000, I'm one of them. I am. So let's just get that clear, guys, yeah. if anyone. I, I don't care what it is. If, there, if it's predestination, I was predestined. I was if there's free will, I chose God. What if, if there's what if there's 10 on 150,000? Yeah. <laughs> if, if only Jews are saved, I got some Jewish in me. I'm yeah, good. I'm Jewish. I'm, 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 I'm most, good anyway, I'm bro. the most Jewish person you met. <laughs> Have you seen this nose? <laughs> that's a little too far but it's <laughs> a little too far yeah wh- nothing wrong with noses whatever guys. i have a i have a nose whatever you, you want to th- whatever you want to throw my way i'm in come on i'm good i'm um, not worried yeah come on i i think that did you want to share on something else uh i think we've covered we've covered it yeah i mean jesus covered it everyone calm down whatever happens yeah jesus on the throne hey, do your part and I, humble hey, yourself and actually i just want to honor anybody who just felt hand. angry through all of this and was like why the heck am i listening to these 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 guys and they're like i don't agree with them at all but they listened and made it to the end and they had like and like inside you're like yeah i don't agree with anything they just said and you're gonna send me like you're gonna send me and sam like this paragraph message that like wants us to lay out our whole theology of our entire life um i'll just say like you can do that probably not going to answer it but uh like just know that like that feeling where you're like feel frustrated that's like a spiritual thing and it just means that like maybe something stuck with you and maybe you should re-listen to it and thank you for not being prideful uh and also we're not right in everything we say and we know that um but we're not going to apologize for that so (laughs) cml cml like you can crucify us later um but you can't because I was already crucified. So, but you want to bless everyone off? This is one of those times where we can just like, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Mm -hmm. Amen. And your children and their children Mm -hmm. and their children and and a thousand generations. And the right timing, of course. Yeah. Eventually. Eventually. (laughs) (laughs) I I hope you have the day you deserve. (laughs) Just let karma settle it. <laughs> it's messed up. Yeah. Yeah, guys, karma is not a real thing. It's just reap what you sow. It's a concept. Yeah. It's a real concept. It's a real concept, but it's not called karma. <laughs> it's that's called de- reaping what you sow. That's deception. <laughs> guys, right. go plant some seeds today. Um, like prophetically, you guys all are going to receive big bags of seeds. So just go throw them out. Like you guys have a seed bag that's full go of seeds. Go adopt the kid, you know. Be an answer to abortion. That's true. Praise God. I'll tell you this. Like, I will adopt a baby one day. Mm. I'm going to hold you up to that, Izzy. Hold me up to it. Don't listen back to this in 20 years and be like, yeah, about that. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Yep. I'm committed. Bless up. Bless up.
I hold myself to the words. Even if I'm like, no, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm like, I said it. Got to do it. I said it. I spoke it. Mm. Come on. All right. We love you guys. Have a good day. Leave feedback, please. Let us know. <laughs> no, don't leave any feedback. Oh. I, I, hey, if you're going to leave feedback, please do not send us whole essays. No, do it. Do uh, it? I want to read it. Yeah. I love criticism. Okay. But can we post them? <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. We'll do it. Okay. That. If you're going to send us an essay, you give us full right to actually post it. Okay. Just letting you know, you by hearing this, you gave us permission to post it. So don't like, we'll answer them, but we're going to post them because we don't keep things secret. Right. We, we want to know our viewers' thoughts. Why not? Yeah, we want to know your thoughts. Yeah, actually send us send us 10 essays. Mm. Might take us a while to read them, but send yeah. us 10 essays. Just, uh, anyways, God Anyways, bless. yeah, be blessed. Next week, find an accountability partner. <laughs> Peace.